Hey, so before we start the show, we wanted to tell you about a new project that we're really excited about. So Dave Kiney, who helped us with some marketing and strategy in the early days of the rules, has uh, started a new exciting venture called Uncover Studios, which is a new podcast studio. And they are doing a podcast right now called Encore with the band We The Kings, if you have heard of them. Um, it's a great podcast. It's a great project. Um, we love Dave and all the help that he gave us here. So we really encourage you to go follow Uncover on all the social media and uh, keep an eye on new projects that they have coming down the pipe. And with they, here's our show. <laughs> this is it. That's the name of the show. This is it. Dab, 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 dab. Oh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Are you going to say the whole thing? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Jenna Noor. And I'm Adam Ganong. And you're listening to The Rules. A writing show that's not just for writers. We take prompts, ideas, rules from you, and we turn them into stories. We're cheating this week, because <laughs> they're not from you, they're from me and Phil. Well, they're from past versions of us, so I'm going to count that. Yeah, that's yeah, we true. Know that one. Yeah. yeah, but it's an anniversary. It's a, what, one year since we released? Yes, so today, July 4th, is a very important anniversary. It marks one year since the United States of America became an independent country. Great yeah. job, you guys. What day? Uh, one year ago today, July 4th. Okay, I thought you said July 1st and I thought I had you, but I didn't. No, you remember 2016, July 4th, America became a new country. It was all over the news. Where were you? I was sleeping. You just slept through July 4th? All the fireworks? Yeah, I sleep through July 4th every year. Oh yeah? It's a tradition I have. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah, July the fourth be with you. I say. <laughs> I'm wow, asleep. I love I love Star Wars. It's really good. Star Trek is a very good movie. Uh, oh um, no. So let's let's get into the real stuff. Let's get into the reason people yes. are here. So today is in fact an anniversary, and it is in fact marking the one year anniversary of something. Do you know what it is marking the one year anniversary of Adam? Yeah, it's marking the one year anniversary of when I when we released episode one of season one of. The Rules podcast. Yeah, this very on. show. Yeah. Yes, things were a little bit different back then. Yeah. Let's do a bit of a retrospective. Line Michael Bloomberg was CEO. Nope. It was bad. He wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a snapshot. What did uh, what did it look like one year ago? Okay, let's take, take a look. So, m- me and Philip had a little bit of a backlog built up. We had just a few days before had a meeting with Dave Kiney, who mm-hmm. helped us on our first two seasons, mostly on our first season. Mm-hmm. Um, the people are here for stories. They are here for stories. So let's try and give them one. Sure. Or multiple. Well, two. You get a lot of stories for the price of one, yeah. which is free. Yeah, exactly. The podcast. <laughs> um, so we're cheating. What's, the, what's our cheat code? What's our Konami code for this episode? We're not really cheating. I think it's kind of a creative premise. Yeah, you okay, it is. Yeah, you're right. Okay, thank you. I didn't mean to slam your idea. <laughs> I was gonna say. I come in here and this is how you treat me. I'm a rules purist. <laughs> oh boy. We can't reuse rules. Well, that's exactly what we're gonna do today, Adam. All right, let's reuse some rules. Sure. So our rules today come from you and Philip exactly one year ago, last July fourth. We are going to, in a rules first, 
use exactly the same set of rules as you used in that episode and see what we get. All right. Do you want me to read them or do you want to? Because I don't remember I them. I can read them. I want you to read them. Let's listen All to right. you and Phil from episode last year. Episode one. All right, Phil, here are the rules. So we must write a story that includes a superhero. I figured we hadn't done a superhero story yet. Oh, man, There's not many written done. superhero stories, but... Ah, oh, we have not done any superhero stuff. Now I need to brush up. I need to go read some comics for a few minutes. Yeah. Because I haven't read a superhero comic in a while. You go do that, and I'll keep reading the rules off to myself, I guess. Um, so there must be a misunderstanding. Ooh. And it must take place at lunch. All right, and with that being said, let's talk about this, Phil. So do you have any ideas? How does it feel to hear yourself? Weird. Yeah. So here's here's more metadata. Okay. That song underneath yep. didn't loop it properly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's looped very poorly. Oh, and no. And I fixed it, but I didn't fix it in the podcast. Uh, and it's my white whale. Oh. But no, it feels weird. And sure. it feels good. And we got some rules to write. Let's hear your ideas. Everyone's heard my ideas. They've heard my take on this. Well, they heard the last year version of you's take on it. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe in a year you've gained some wisdom or some perspective. That I'm more jaded. Yeah, maybe. Um, there's also a bonus rule. Okay. You can guess at it now or you can guess at it at the end. I don't know how familiar you are with the episode. Ooh, it's been a while since I listened to the whole okay. thing. Well, I'll yeah. reveal it to you later. Okay, cool. So I am thinking immediately, I love the idea of like the corporate lunchroom. Yeah, that's like I love, I love the idea though, not just like a corporate lunchroom, but like a corporate cafeteria, like in one of those big office buildings where people would go to get their lunch. Mm. Um, So like, I guess in like a faculty, they sometimes have like faculty cafeterias at universities or like big cafeterias. At like um, like Lego has like a cafe- corporate cafeteria, and so that's immediately where my mind went mm. was to that that scene. You know, we're in a cap, we're in a cafeteria. Everybody's on their lunch break, but instead of like doctors or lawyers, the people who work at this firm are all superheroes. Okay, yeah, that you're speaking my language. Yeah, and so my story is from the perspective of a person who's serving lunch in the cafeteria. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also speaking my language. And so they like really want to be a superhero, but they don't have powers. And so they were like, I'm going to take a job at the bureau anyway. So I'll be like really close to all of my heroes. Mm-hmm. And so they like, they hear that their favorite superhero that they idolize is like coming to the bureau for a meeting. The bronze bullet. Going. sure the bronze bullet okay and they're like oh like i love the bronze bullet ever since i was a little kid like i love when they're on the news just like saving everybody and that's just that's what i would do if if i had those powers and so the bronze bullet comes up and the person is working and they're like so excited to serve the bronze bullet and the bronze bullet says like uh i'll have the pad thai but can you like have like no peanuts on that or like something i'm allergic and the person is just like so nervous and like so overcome by like serving their hero that they accidentally put like extra peanuts yeah they do on this dish and then it's just like (laughs) 
the ensuing calamity of all the heroes trying to save the superhero. There's not much of a story there yet, but I think I want it to be from the perspective of the person serving lunch and some misunderstanding around meeting their hero. Here's something. Okay. Tim the Toolman Taylor can give us a little bit of insight onto this. Uh-huh. When you're a superhero, Santa Claus rules apply. They kill the bronze bullet. They're the bronze bullet. Right. That's pretty good. Yeah. They don't have powers, though. Maybe they They do them. now. Right. Remember Tim the Toolman Taylor uh-huh. gains weight right. and grows a beard and stuff. Yeah. Just because make... he killed Santa. Yeah. I'm going to make that sound every time you say Tim the Toolman Taylor, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I can't do it very well. His is really gruff. You don't like the sound. I'm not going to say it again anyway, so I'm done now. This isn't going to be a Tim Allen heavy episode? No. I thought you said there were real changes coming this season. (laughs) Tim the Toolman Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. That's his legal name. Um, I like that. Thank you. I'm liking the corporate lunchroom thing. You to go more traditional, you could have um like just a normal office. And it's lunch hour and there's a hostage situation. Mm-hmm. And then a superhero bursts in if you wanted to go normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I see. In yours, the misunderstanding is... Yeah, around messing the, up the order. I was also kind of thinking maybe like it, that it could play into the idea of never meet your heroes. And so they would meet they would meet this he- this person that they had idolized, the bronze bullet. And their perception of this person from what they see in the news and read about online is that they're like a really good person but when they meet them in person the the bronze bullet is like really mean and really rude and like really talks down to the service staff and stuff like that and so the misunderstanding would be kind of like like even like a it would be even more of like a misconception of like this is what i thought this person was going to be like but it was nothing like that they were awful Mm, yeah that's Mm -hmm. true yeah i kind of thought of that at the same time as the idea of like an allergy. I don't like the idea that the bronze bullet would be brought down by peanuts, though. We all have our weaknesses, I guess. Yeah, specifically the bronze bullet. <laughs> and peanuts. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's take it out of the lunchroom. Sure. What's an interesting and odd way to incorporate a lunch into it? Oh, okay, here's one. Here's a classic. You're not super into superheroes, okay? Which is fine. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a very classic superhero kind of an idea, which is slightly stolen from something else in the superhero realm. So you've got some sinister sort of evil guy. Imagine this: huge open room. Um, it's circular. There's bookcases all the way around. There's a hearty fly- fire glowing in the hearth. Uh, our villain is dressed very casually, very fancy though. It's mm-hmm. obvious that he's a very uh, suave kind of dude. Mm-hmm. He's walking around slowly, tinkling his spoon in his glass, and in the middle of the room, bound to a chair with a small table with two baguettes on it, mm-hmm. is our hero. Mm-hmm. And it's like this lunch, right? Where the villain is revealing his grand plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought you could take me down like that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that accent. But he he talks, he reveals his plan, mm-hmm. and then he says, and finally, I have defeated you, for I know your only weakness mm-hmm. is to be bound by ropes made of donkey hair. Mm-hmm. I have finally defeated you, bronze bullet. Mm-hmm. And then the person goes, you got me this time. You just made one mistake. And then he goes, and what would that be? And he goes, 
I'm not the bronze bullet. And then he smashes out of the chair. And the misunderstanding, obviously, is he thought he was the wrong guy. And he right. wins the fight because he's a different superhero. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have that weakness. Mm-hmm. Also, the lunch could play into it. So they could be like, I thought maybe the baguettes were going to play a more active role. So maybe the villain is like, you're one weakness. You are gluten free. And then he's like, no, bread gives me power. And then he eats it and then he gets really strong. And then something is that something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like how, you the know, like, glutenator you know, like, the, the, like, pretty like the classic comic book trope of how bread gives you power. You know that yeah. one? Mm hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's my favorite part about superheroes. The all yeah, bread. That, I think that's how the uh, Popeye reboot went. Yeah. Yeah. He ate Popeye's chicken and the yeah, batter on it. That reboot had a lot of buy-in from Big Wheat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that idea. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my initial idea. I'm gonna explore that while we write for 15 minutes and okay. see. You almost always go with your first idea. That's something I've learned about I you, know Jenna I know I do. Thank you. You're very earnest. Well, to be fair, we have... So, as another little behind-the-scenes glimpse for our listeners, we usually pick the rules right before we record, just mm-hmm. so that neither of us really has any any advantage over the other in terms of having, like, time to think about it. Mm-hmm. We knew we were going to do this episode for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, we did a little bit of pre-production on it. Not me. <laughs> Not me. I did a little bit of pre-production on it. (laughs) So I've been thinking about these rules for a while. Mm. So I have had some time to mull it over. Did me and Philip just say this out loud? We always used to throw away our first ideas. It used to be one of our rules, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. I I feel like I cut it out a lot, but we would always force ourselves to throw out our first ideas. Mm. Just a little side note. I'm not saying you have to. Um, Let's see. I I change my ideas sometimes, but I think given the constraints of this format... I like to start with my first idea. Mm. Let's see. I'm going to try and think of another one, too. Ooh, uh, the, uh, the the lunch could be a croissant, and mm. he throws out, like, a boomerang. Ooh, that's pretty good. Weaponized food. I'm into it. I've made you your least favorite sandwich. It has honey mustard. That's where you're wrong. I love honey mustard. And then he just eats it. Nothing happens. He does die right <laughs> after. He's just happy. It's like his last meal. Yeah, of course. Uh, the end. Wow, what a happy tale you've woven, Adam. I'm excited to see if we'll have any like coincidental alignments like you and Phil did. So in this episode last year, if folks haven't listened to it, or if you have and you don't remember, Adam and Phil, though there was no previous discussion, both wrote about their heroes eating beans. Oh, uh, you've unlocked beans my secret rule. Oh, that was a secret rule, writing yeah. about beans. So do we have to write about beans as well, or is it a suggestion? You can. All right. See if I can work it in. Um, I'm thinking of an idea where, so the scene would be kind of an omniscient. Uh, it's taking place around 12. And I don't know what time zone, let's say whatever time zone New York is, because that's a classic superhero city. It's describing a bunch of people peacefully eating their lunch or busily scarfing something down as they get ready to go back to their business meeting and all this and they're all at ease. They feel like they are being protected by some superhero. But as the story goes, it reveals that the superhero has kind of lost faith in humanity and is making plans to 
wipe out a certain part of the world or something mm. like that. And the misunderstanding is this person whom they think is a hero truly is not. Mm. So that's a that's a darker take. That'd be. I like that though. Mm, that's that's I I like that idea because it's kind of more far spun away from mm-hmm. what Philip and I wrote last year. Yeah, yeah, I really uh, like that idea. Mm. And that hero's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Old Bongo the Clown. They all laughed at me, but now who's laughing? Bongo's kind of a good name for a clown. Bongo's a solid name for a clown. I like it a lot. Mm. Yeah. He has a monkey companion. Yeah. Named Rongo. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) I've thought about it and I retract that statement and I apologize to all the listeners of this podcast. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. I think those are solid ideas. Do you want to brainstorm more? I just want to come back to mine for a second. What, 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 What would bring you to the end of that story? I don't know if it's necessarily interesting that the end is just like, wow, I realized that that superhero is not a nice person. Well, off to another day at the cafeteria tomorrow. Uh, okay, so he... Oh, which version are you doing? I am going to do the version, I think, where... Um, they think that the superhero is a really nice person, but then they meet them in person and they're not impressed. I think I'm going to do that. Does that, quali- does that satisfy the rule enough for your... Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay. So here's the, here's the way that I thought it was going to go, and this is a way that you could do it. You make you make the lunch person do become a hero. Okay. Not necessarily a superhero, but a hero. So m- the thing I'm thinking is, let's say that there's another <laughs> there's another superhero ahead of the bronze bullet in line, whose superpower is something that other people make fun of, like he can conjure balloon animals or something Aww. dumb like that. It's Bongo. It's Bongo. <laughs> it's Bongo. Wow, this is the truly the rules extended universe. <laughs> um and as the bronze bullet is making their way through the line they they do something to bongo and they insult him and Mm -hmm. they're kind of assailing him with insults Mm -hmm. and the lunch person steps in and says don't do that and backs up to them back stands up for them and the bronze bullet says what are you gonna do and they say cut off your lunch you can't eat here anymore yeah. i can ban you what That's are you gonna good. do and then the bronze bolt slinks away with his tail between his legs crying and not crying tail between his legs he learns about val- no he learns a valuable lesson and yeah. says i'm gonna become a different person and then the lunch person's the hero Aww. and then iron man shows up okay. i'm gonna bleep that out yeah, iron so we don't we of, do not have the rights to that yeah no i I do. Only Iron Man 2, though, because no one liked it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can't buy rights to a movie, but I did. I just called Stan Lee and said, I got a deal for you. Yeah? Yeah. And? Clearly, Uh, you cut a deal with them because you have the rights to Iron Man 2. But I did doctor the tape, which is legal. It stands up in court. That's true. It's parody law. Mm -hmm. Well, you got me on a technicality. Yeah. We own Iron Man now. Yeah. Iron Man 2, though. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. That helped me a lot. I don't know if I'm going to go with exactly what you described, but I think it did give me for what I think it did give me an idea for what my story is going to be. So I am ready to write. If you are, I don't want to reveal too much. I think it'll be more fun if we come back and read our stories and then talk about them. I need to decide if that idea is too ambitious because I'm no. 
Screw it. Just going to dive in. Need to dive in. Yes. Um, okay. How about... Here's an idea. Here's, okay. here's a funny goof I just thought of. Why don't we go listen to an ad? Okay. And then when we come back from the ad, we'll read the stories we wrote. Okay. That's kind of a funny joke kind of a thing. I was going to say, where... What's the... What's funny about that? I mean, it's like... Where'd they go? Where are they? Are we they just, writing? We just told them where we were. Yeah, I, I know. They're in on the joke. Can we? It's like if they wanted to play a funny prank on their friends, okay. they'd just skip ahead in the podcast of the ad and be like, listen to this. And then the people would be like, what is this? And then we start like, reading stories and they're like, right, whoa, where'd that right. come from? How'd they think of these stories? Jokes on them. We thought of them before the ad. Okay. We can workshop it. We can work on that later. I was going to say, I think while we throw to the ad, we're going to also have to do a little bit of like a, what is a joke workshop? And then we'll write our stories and then we'll come back. I've worked on it. Here's an idea. You worked on what? The uh, the joke idea. Just let me finish. I'm no, just thinking for I think a I need to workshop with you what a joke is. We can put some jelly on it. It's not. It's just a line from my brother, my brother and me. It's not. A, <laughs> They're funny though. You know they're funny. I do, but that's not how jokes work. No, jokes are like Lego. You just basically detach one piece and attach it to another, and it just works. Mm, I think Lego's like $1 Lego. $1 million. Dollars. See? <gasps> that wasn't... No, that was Anyways, I'm done. Let's go listen to an ad. Okay. And tell you, I'm going to tell you what a joke is. Okay. And then when we come back from the ad, we're going to be... Ah, ha, 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 ha. We're going to be laughing so much because we've been telling each other really funny jokes. Okay. Okay. All right. See you on the other side. Let's go right. Okay. See you on the side. And we're back. We're back our favorite part the ads yeah. where we make all of our money <laughs> so much money <laughs> so for listeners of the rules audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service there are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or even your mp3 player if you are so inclined adam what book are we talking about today i'm gonna do this in jeopardy style okay sure what book contains high fantasy elements, but done in a very smart, intelligent way and is a well-crafted just gemstone of a book? Oh, what is Harry Potter? What is Adam's favorite book? That book is The Name of the Wind. Yeah. Also, this book... Takes... So think of an item that takes 17 years to make. Mm -hmm. Think of a watch. Think of a watch that would take 17 years to make and then how much it would cost to buy that watch. Mm -hmm. This book took 17 years to write and it's 27 hours of audio recording. 28. 28. You can just go and get it for free. Yeah, for free. (laughs) And it's one of the best books ever written. It's my favorite book. I love it. Uh, So The Name of the Wind is like Harry Potter grew up and is now more mature and he's gone off to university mm-hmm. it's i i can't even describe it Very it's good. incredibly good it's well written mm-hmm. um even even if you don't like classic fantasy like me mm-hmm, yes like you it's just a well-written book in general patrick rothfuss just masterfully weaves words in such a way that even if you don't like fantasy really you can just get lost in his world mm-hmm. and get lost in his characters kind of like 
you kind of like get tricked into reading fantasy. Mm, it's true. Because it's like you get in, like you meet the characters and they're all talking and telling stories and it's all happening in this inn. And then by the time the story starts dropping in mentions of demons, you're like, what? Huh? Demons? Huh? What was that? What? What? But you're like, oh, I'm like 100 pages in. Yeah, he got that hook in your mouth and he's reeling you yeah, into he's shore. Yeah, he's reeling you And in. you're going in fast. Yeah. And next thing you know, you've wasted days. But if you want it uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash the rules. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash the rules for your free audiobook. Check, check it out. Honestly, check it out. If I see you in person, <laughs> I'm going to tell you to check it out. so good isn't that good oh, I, my whole life's been a lie yeah wow you, you, you know what a joke is now are you happy yeah Infowars, report on this oh this is oh, the real no. this is the real thing people are trying to hide from In, us this is not a plea wow. to Infowars. no 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 i'm gonna bleep that out that Thank their you. name should not be mentioned in any way shape or form no i agree how did it go Oh, it went so well, Adam. It feels so good to be back. That's good. How'd it go for you? Bad. Oh, no. Not good. Oh, no. Um, I've got a working story. Okay. Don't like it. Oh. Not a fan. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. That's good. It's important for the show because it, we have something to critique. Yes. There, there might not be much to critique, but it's just definitely not good. Okay. All right. So now we need to read. So do you yes. want to read first or do you want me to read first? I will or? read first. All right. Whenever you are ready. Sure. Just whenever I'm ready, because I'm going to get your story opened. Okay. So I went with my original idea of the worker in a cafeteria. It happened on a Tuesday. I was working my usual shift at the bureau, the lunch shift in the cafeteria. The lunch shift was the most coveted shift, you know. If you were on breakfast, you had to get everything open. And if you were on supper, you had to close everything up for the night. But... On the lunch shift, man, that was heaven. The grills were already going, the cash register had lots of coins and bills for folks needing change, and best of all, lunch was when all the superheroes that had come from out of town for meetings came through my line. When I first started working at the bureau, I would get so starstruck I could hardly do my job sometimes. Everyone came through the line. Vortex, Fist, even Vendetta came through once. But I got used to it after a few months. Serving the most famous heroes was just part of the job, and I served them all with a smile until the bronze bullet came through my line. Now, I'd looked up to the bronze bullet since I was real young. They were always on the news, depicted in grainy smartphone footage captured by witnesses who saw them doing everything from stopping a bank heist to getting a kid a new cone of ice cream after they dropped theirs on the ground. In my mind, there was nothing the bronze bullet couldn't do. I looked for them a few times in the first few months of working in the cafeteria, but they never seemed to come by. Eventually, I started asking around to some of my coworkers to see whether or not they had ever been there, but they all said that they'd never seen the bronze bullet. That is, like I said, until that Tuesday, when I showed up to relieve the breakfast crew and they were all beside themselves. The bullet is here, my coworker told me excitedly before I was even really in the door to the staff room. I stared at her for a moment. What did you say? I asked carefully. The bullet is here, she exclaimed again. The bronze bullet! I put my apron and hairnet on in a blur, floating back out to the cafeteria to take my familiar place on the line when I saw them. 
the bronze bullet moved their way slowly down the line, pushing their tray along as their brassy uniform glimmered in the light from the heat lamp suspended above the trays of food displayed in front of me. I was serving lima beans that day. Great, I thought to myself. I got the food that no one ever wants. There's no way the bullet is going to stop here. I watched the bullet's face below the mask that covered their eyes. Their mouth turned into a grimace when they spotted the lima beans in front of me. Ugh, I was right, I thought to myself. No one likes lima beans. But as the bullet approached me on the line, they stuck out their cafeteria tray. Lima beans, please, they said. Oh? I responded, a little surprised. Um, yes, the bullet said quizzically. Unless there is something wrong with the lima beans. Oh, no, no, I shot back hastily. You just, you look like you were making a face at the beans is all. Oh, the bullet shouted, laughing a little bit. No, no, sorry about that. I, I thought they were peas. I'm deathly allergic to peas, so I was worried for a moment that I wouldn't be able to get my servant of veggies for the day. But lima beans, lima beans are fine. Load them up, please. I gave the bronze bullet two scoops of lima beans. One whole scoop more than we're meant to give anyone, even the big-name superheroes. As the bullet moved on down the line, I decided to take my chance. A uh, big fan, by the way, I said. I know that's not really professional, but yeah, big fan. The bronze bullet smiled. Thanks, they said, looking down at their lunch tray. And with all these extra delicious lima beans, I'm a big fan of yours, too. And that's my story. A classic nori, which is a Jenna <laughs> Norris story. Nori, that's really good. It's basically the same character as the first story you wrote on the rules, but yes, it's just because you did the same accent. Yes, I know. And I, I didn't mean to do it in an accent. It came out that way. Right. That, that's the accent you write in. Yes, I know. Yeah. Southern woman at heart. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll dive into it. Let's do mine. So sure. I went with... So when I sat down to write, I decided that my first idea was the more atmospheric and easy to write short story. Okay. Um, definitely out of practice. I wasn't really sure where to take it. So I gave it a shot. I don't think it turned out great. Okay. Uh, but we'll be able to discuss that. Okay. Let's see how it goes. Also, I got to ask. So I called it the blue hood and you'll find it one in a second. Okay. So here is the story I tried to write. Okay. We will discuss whether or not I succeeded. <laughs> okay. A fire crackled in the background, making the various artifacts around the large circular room throw flickering shadows and causing the small table in the middle with two neat lunch plates look like an ominous sundial an occultist may use. Sarah was standing. She stirred her drink and then raised the glass to her lips. The sickly sweet smell of the blue flower filled her nostrils. As soon as it touched her lips, she felt the powers of it fill her. In the reflection of the liquid, Sarah saw the blue hood, fettered and hopeless, still wearing her iconic blue mask. Sarah dabbed her lips with a small napkin and turned. I hope you're comfortable, she said. The blue hood said nothing. Sarah smiled and sat. I'm sure the fetters upset you, and I truly apologize, but there was no other way for me to ensure that you would listen or stay put. The stare from the blue hood made Sarah squirm, but she couldn't show her weakness. The iconic, piercing blue eyes underneath the mask scared her. They would scare anybody. Eat your sandwich, Sarah said. She twitched her fingers, and the ropes came undone and fall 
and fell limply to the floor. The blue hood seemed shock. She looked at her hands and then back at Sarah. Sarah let herself smile just a bit. This was a game of chess. Each word, each change of posture, a move on the board, and Sarah had just checked her opponent. Sarah wanted her opponent to know that. However, it wasn't checkmate just yet. Yes, do not be too shocked by your seeming freedom. I assure you that you are still quite captive. The blue dragon flower is native to your land, is it not? And if I recall, quite potent at defending against your powers. Sarah smiled a bit wider as the masked figure stared at her glass. Yes, I can feel it coursing through my veins even now. The blue hood stared for a moment longer and then picked up the sandwich and took a bite. Yes, thank you. I'm sure you must be hungry. Sarah held her teacup out and it gracefully sailed to sit on the table beside her. She watched the blue hood's eyes follow it. I want your support. I know we do not see eye to eye, but you must agree that this threat is strong. Please, the silent treatment has gotten so old. Are you still upset that I killed those people? The blue hood stood. Sarah jumped up. It was a reflex, and a chest move that put her behind. She kept her composure. Now, now, not so fast. She summoned her powers and watched as blue tendrils came from her hand and drifted towards the blue hood. Remember your position. Don't do anything rash. I have no desire to hurt you, but I will. The blue hood took a step forward. Sarah stumbled back and knocked an antique bust of the queen off its pedestal. The sound of its shattering was sharp and melodic. Come no further. I need not tell you the power that swirls through me. You are powerless here, Blue Hood. That's where you're mistaken, the Blue Hood said, muffled. She took a step forward and raised her fist. Tendrils of blue shot out of Sarah's hand, but she watched as they turned harmlessly to blue mist. The Blue Hood leered over her. She could see faint lines around the Blue Hood's eyes. Contacts. I'm not the Blue Hood, she said, and Sarah's world went black. Very good. That is up for debate. <laughs> All right. Well, we will debate it in just a moment. Do we want to talk about my story first? Yes. Let's jump into your story first. Sure. So something I can't help but notice now that we have heard both of our stories. I used the secret fourth rule. Yes. You did not. Nope. Oh, well. Okay, cool. I was. I did not d- do a good job writing this story. I was on a tight timeline and I didn't have time mm-hmm. to fit it in properly. Plus if I went goofy, I'm sure I could have, but with the one I went with, it was like, I wanted to be very posh setting and I just mm-hmm. didn't feel like there would be beans there. I could have put beans in there. I feel like this story would be good with a lot of edits. Yes. It could have had like a green bean salad or something or a rare bean. Yeah. The rare blue bean. I, I, as you were, as you got farther on in the story, I remembered the bean rule, and I was like, oh, "Was the blue flower like? Was there a bean thing?" But no, it was just a flower. Mm. Or I could have done coffee, and they could have mentioned coffee beans. Anyways, didn't get the bean rule. You get a point there. Thank That's you. My bad. I will gladly take it. Um, so let's dive into your story. Okay. I liked it. As I said, it was it was a nori. It was definitely a classic <laughs> Jen and Nor story, and it's a good jump in point for us. Yes, I was thinking that. I thought I would, just for this episode, write what I know. 
Yeah, it's a good call. Yes, just um, we're getting we're getting back in the swing of things, and mm-hmm. it seemed right. I have I I don't know if I have too much to say, but I have the classic thing to say. Like obviously, like a very well done voice, a voice that you're very familiar with. Thank you. It was it was a good story. I feel like there could have been more conflict in it. Mm. I almost I almost felt let down by the end of it. Aww. It was like it was good and okay. it was heartwarming. Yeah. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting though, and mm. that might just be because I was in on the brainstorming session. Right. Um, it was sweet though. Thank it you. was a sweet story, Thank which you. I feel like is what you wanted. It is what Definitely I wanted. Definitely is. Yeah. yeah. As I was writing it, I, I was grappling with some of the different conclusions that we had talked about and that I had thought about the idea of doing a sweet story, the idea of doing like a, a disappointing story. But the unglamorous truth is that I ran out of time. Mm. Yeah, we're both a little bit out of practice writing in this format. Yeah. And I was trying to practice the last couple of nights with some a little bit of writing, but it's nothing like being back in the thick of it and actually writing a story in 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, So what was the story you wanted to write? It never really came fully formed. And I think that was probably another part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to write... A mix up in orders so instead of being like a cafeteria line style you would order your food mm-hmm. and i wanted to write that the bronze bullet accidentally got somebody else's order and it had something that the bronze bullet was allergic to mm-hmm. and that the this cafeteria worker who was the protagonist of my story would rescue them either give them i mean the Heimlich maneuver wouldn't help something you're allergic to, but maybe give they keep an emergency EpiPen in the cafeteria or something, yeah. and they would administer this EpiPen. Mm. And then it would end on a similarly touching note where the hero would be like, you saved my life, thank you, blah, blah, blah. But I got too bogged down in just trying to set up the story, and I did forget how short 15 minutes is. Yeah, so here here's the way i would have done it mm-hmm. the the switch between our two styles which we can kind of see in this two stories we wrote um i would have started it with a line of dialogue first mm. and let's say it's the bronze bullet and they're saying this order isn't up. my order okay so, and so the thing that's good about that line is because it's such a small thing which we've mm-hmm. discussed so many times the conflict is immediate there right. doesn't have to be any build-up right and then you can just pepper in the other information you need about this person's right. love and backstory as they mm-hmm. are like, oh, no, 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 no. Right. Little did I know this morning when I got out of bed mm-hmm. and got my Lamborghini. They own Lamborghini. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Most people can make a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. It's Just a, live within your means. It's a career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked I liked how you got uh beans into there. It was definitely good. Yeah, other than that, I, I think I think you could have done that. Other than that, I don't have too much to say about it. Like I said, it's similar stuff to the very folksy character. I liked your names of your superheroes. So that Thank was well you. done. Yeah. I didn't fact check the names to see if those are already existing superheroes in the universe. Don't tweet me, please. I don't want to know. Vor- they've got to be. Yeah. Vortex, the fist. Vendetta's probably a villain. Yeah. As I was writing Vendetta, I was like, this feels like a villain. But Adam, sometimes villains are heroes to some people. Mm. So who might judge? Yeah. Uh, do you have any any other things to say about your story? I don't. It was a lot of fun to write. Um, it's nice to be back into the swing of things with you, Autumn. We're back. We it are is back. nice to be back. Okay, cool. We will move on to me. Sure. Just let me open it here. Okay. 
my immediate impression of your story is that it feels like a piece of a larger story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Whereas like with my story, I didn't, I don't really care about what was happening before. I don't really care about what happens now in that world. But in this one, I feel like I want to know how they got there and I want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I loved the reveal, though. Love the reveal at the end. Was it good? Okay. Yeah. I guess I could see faint lines around the blue hood's eyes. Contacts. I'm not the blue hood, she said. And Sarah's rolling in black. So good. Okay, that's good. But I that thought it was cheesy. Be- no, 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 no. Really good. Okay. But it does feel like the end of a chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less than the end of a story. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'll say this right now. So here's something I did very wrong in this story. Okay. So talking about conflict. So the conflict here is someone is tied up. Mm-hmm. Someone is captive. Yeah. Um. So theoretically, the way this story should have gone is that's the conflict. Mm-hmm. And then the resolution should be once they get freed. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a bit part of a bigger story, it should work as its mm-hmm. own independent s- small story. What happened though is I didn't. The blue hood isn't relatable at all. Mm-hmm. No, one, like you don't care about yeah. her. And that's kind of what makes me. That's what makes this feel like part of a larger story, mm-hmm. because you would assume that if this were part of a book, by the time you got to a chapter where something like this was happening, you would know these characters. You would know why. I mean. With superheroes, you don't always necessarily know why they're at odds. That's just sort of the construct that comic books give us is that you have superheroes and you have villains and they're at odds because one of them is good and one of them is bad, mm-hmm. right? But you might have a, a better understanding of, of the Blue Hood and Sarah's conflict up to this point. Um, but one thing that I do think you did really well was, um, not that you didn't do other things really well, you did lots of things well. But one thing that I thought was really good was, and this is again, like part of our format. I knew there was a misunderstanding coming Mm -hmm. and I kept trying to guess what it was. And I feel like you laid down lots of little like moments for the misunderstanding to happen. Mm -hmm. And it didn't at all happen in the way that I thought it would. And I love that. So I thought, first I thought the misunderstanding was going to be that the flower was deadly and Sarah was going to die. Mm. That's what I thought it was going to be at first. And then I was like... Whoops, that was my poison flower. (laughs) Damn, that was on me, guys. And then I thought that the misunderstanding was going to be that wherever the blue hood comes from, they spread the myth that the blue dragon flower like will make their opponents strong against them, but it will actually make them weak to their powers. That's, well, that's that's very good. That's what I then after I was like, no, I don't know if Adam would kill off a character. Like, it just didn't seem like that's where the story was going. And then that's what I thought the second one would be, that they broadcast to the universe, like, eat this plant and you'll be strong against us forever. But in fact, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. But then, because you're placing like, and I, I feel like this is, again, a part part of why what you wrote is really smart is that it's kind of like a watch this hand, but I'm doing the trick with the other hand sort of thing, Mm -hmm. which is that you've put so much focus on Sarah and on the flower that it doesn't feel like the misdirect is going to be with the blue hood, but then it is. Mm. That's the feeling that I got as a listener. Yeah, I can see that. That's good. I really liked it. It was really entertaining. That wasn't intentional. So I'm glad to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. 
Cool. I'm glad. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't. It's not. It's not a solid story mm-hmm. because it's just Sarah's the villain, and she's the only one who feels relatable. Not not necessarily relatable, but that you have any kind of a sense of. Definitely, definitely. I, def- I dropped hints at things that had happened before. That just there just isn't a lot of payoff. Um. Yeah, I don't like my story. I oh. thought it could have been better, but okay. I liked it. And Thank I you. One... I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. I have one remaining question for you, though. Yeah. Why was one character Sarah and the other the Blue Hood? Why did you not give them both fantastical comic booky superhero-y names? Because uh, Sarah was the first name I thought of, and I couldn't think of another name. I just had to go with it. Okay. And also, and that's another problem, too, where Sarah's too... If you have to relate with a character, which you do when you read, mm-hmm. usually, Sarah's yes. the only one to relate to. Yes, yes. Because she's the only one who does anything and she has a human name. Mm. So I, I messed up big there. Unless the story is actually that Sarah is trying to do something good. Mm. She's like a relatable villain kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it could be interesting if Sarah did have like a villain persona. But I'm thinking right now of like the final scene in the Battle of Hogwarts in the seventh Harry Potter book when Harry, in an effort to sort of, like, demoralize Voldemort, will only refer to him as Tom while they're while they're dueling. Ah, yes. That's kind of what I thought of, too. So I like the thought that this moment maybe is, like, Sarah's trying to be, like, down to earth with the blue hood. Because mm-hmm. she feels like... She's like, well, I've got the blue hood, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get a little bit cocky. Which is kind of what Harry has in that moment. He has a little bit of that, like young cockiness when he starts calling Voldemort Tom. Um, obviously, um, spoilers for Harry Potter, if there's anybody who still cares about those. We know that Harry defeats Voldemort because that's how these stories work. Who? Just joking. Keep going. <laughs> it's funny, right? So his cockiness is like justified. But in this sense, it's like the opposite. Like, I feel like Sarah's getting a little bit cocky about throwing around her own name, maybe. Like, oh, she's like, my guard's down because I'm about to defeat you, the Blue Hood. So don't call me the fist. Call me Sarah. But then it's like, oh, uh, you messed up, Sarah, because now I own you and I know your name. Mm. Mm-hmm. That so, would be, again, part of the longer story that I think this could tell. Yeah. So here's here's what I should have done. I think this would have been good. Sarah captures the blue hood and Sarah's only referring to the blue hood by her actual name. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say it's Nazanin. Okay. And then... No, I don't. Uh, let's say it's Julie, and then at the end of the conversation, the line isn't "I'm not the Blue Hood." It's "I'm not Julie," mm. because then it's I don't I don't know if you know much about Batman, but there's this kind of mythology around Batman where he passes yeah the mantle down to different people. So yes. Batman continues, but it's not always the same person. I guess that happens with a lot of superheroes. I was just gonna say the Dread Pirate Roberts, but we can do your thing too. Oh yeah. Dread- <laughs> We're talking about superheroes. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Robbers is very good. Um, that'd be good. Uh, That's good. She's like, oh yeah, that was Julie's weakness, but I'm Nazanin. Whoosh, whips off the hood. Also the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. That was really good. And I also like it when it gets closer to the end where he keeps re- referring to him as Tommy boy. And then Harry Potter starts referring to him as Tommy guns. And mm-hmm. he, he, every time he like rolls up his own sleeve and he's like kissing his little noodle arms. Oh yeah. Tommy guns, huh? And he's flexing. Uh, and Voldemort hates it. He because he hasn't lifted. I mean, he's a snake. He doesn't have arms. Right. If I so, recall correctly, yeah, I looked it up. He doesn't have arms. Okay. So what? What you're saying is you read the American versions, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. None of that happens in the British versions. Interesting. I guess yeah. it's not just the covers that are different. <laughs> no, it's not. They took. They really took some liberties. They took a lot of was, liberties. Yeah. Everyone has guns. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Bam, <laughs> oh no. Bam. Bam. No, that makes me sad. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not good. That doesn't happen. No. All right. So there's our stories. Do you think... Uh, my? I don't think my story was an improvement. I much preferred my story from last year. Okay. But I mean, I think it's safe to say that your story was definitely better than Phil's. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just joking. That's Aww. very mean. I do not mean that. My story was better than my story from last year. Which was not a which story. Which was not a story. It was I, blank. I listened to that episode, though. Yeah. When it came out. I Thank you. So that's all we have this week. That is all we have this week. Well, well, maybe we have a little bit more this week. Adam, what do we have to say about season three of The Rules? It's coming. It is coming, which is very exciting. I mean, we say that we haven't recorded or done anything for it yet, but we plan um, on it coming. Excuse me, we've done a little bit. Okay, we've done a little bit, apparently. <laughs> so it's it's on its way. It's basically here. It's on its way. It'll maybe be a couple weeks, but you can look for new episodes of The Rules. We are going to start releasing them weekly again um, a little bit. You may also see um, a refreshed brand, a new logo, and maybe some new art from Philip Paul. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. All right. If you have rules you'd like us to use, please send them to us. You can pass them along to us on our Facebook page. You can tweet them to us. You can send a carrier pigeon, whisper my name in its ear, and just they just know where to go. That's a little life hack I've learned. Uh, we tweet at the Rules Podcast. This episode has been produced by me, Jenna Noor. And by me, Adam Ganong. Thanks to Philip Hall for working on our visuals. Uh, you can find past episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us. And with that, we are... Yeah, this, that's This season's true. going to be more competitive. That's right. Every episode <laughs> is a contest. There's going to be... There has to be... That's our new tagline. The rules. There's always a clear winner. I don't, I don't think we agree on that. that I already <laughs> step ahead of you, baby. Oh, so you're winning this particular contest. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. this is some real House of Cards things I'm pulling off here.